On today's podcast, it's another beginner's corner. Medicare is different than other health insurance. Newcomers to Medicare and adult-aged children who are taking care of Medicare parents, you need to be aware of the fact that Medicare may look the same as other health insurance, but it works very differently. Hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome to the Maximizer Medicare Podcast. It's early March. My name is Jay O. I am the author of Maximizer Medicare. The 2020-2021 edition is published by Elworth Press. It's available anywhere you can buy a book, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Your local bookstore will be able to order it if they don't carry it in stock. Be there in a couple of days. The official website for the book is www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. Go there important Medicare information, as well as links to the YouTube channel and other podcasts. As always, today's not financial advice, and you need to keep up to date, meaning that if you're hearing other descriptions, other podcasts from years ago, the information may have changed. Markets move. Very, very important. Very, very important concept from from the book, really, because the fact is that there are 60 million Medicare beneficiaries, 10,000 people a day turning 65, This is not going to change for a decade. The practical reality is the backdrop. Some things are going to change over time. People who do not keep up to date pay higher costs, lose benefits that could have otherwise been yours. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss three particular areas about Medicare and how it is very different than other health insurance that you've been used to, whether you bought it as an individual or whether or not it's been you know, kind of paid for, sponsored by your employer. The first term is deductible. Now, when you have your individual health insurance, for example, you are used to very high deductibles. Perhaps your deductibles have been lowered by the cost-sharing reductions if you are in a Medicaid expansion state. But let's just ignore that for the moment. And what we're going to do is we're going to just take the boilerplate individual deductible, which can easily be found in your employer plan. Let's just call it $2,500 is your annual deductible under under individual insurance. The fact is, is that this deductible under individual insurance may be before or may include, by before, what I mean is may include your prescription drug benefits and may not. That will depend on your individual plan. It may depend on your group uh, plan. Group plans in general have it included. Individual plans will vary from plan to plan, which makes it difficult to interpret as far as you know what your actual benefits are. Under Medicare, the important thing to know is that you have three separate deductibles. Three separate deductibles. There's the Part A deductible. The Part A deductible is for hospital, inpatient hospitalization. That number is fourteen zero eight one thousand four hundred and eight dollars. It's important to know that by Part A deductible that it's $1,400, this $1,408 Part A deductible is by benefit period, which is not calendar year, which is not calendar year. There's a fundamental misunderstanding that people have under Part A. In addition to that, there is a separate Part B, Medicare Part B deductible. The second line on your federal card right reads Part B, which is medical. 
This has to do with services, in other words, doctor's visits, MRI, CAT scan, durable medical equipment. Under Part B, there's a separate deductible, which is $198, and that deductible is an annual deductible. You pay it once a year. The CMS, which is the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, keeps track of whether or not you've satisfied this deductible. Under prescription drug benefits or standalone prescription plans, which is Part D, the maximum deductible allowable for 2020 is $435 a year. Okay, $435 is your maximum allowable deductible for 2020. So again, what ends up happening here from people on Medicare, new to Medicare, or persons who are helping their senior parents, you kind of read deductible and then you kind of gloss over the fact that Part A deductible is 1408 which is much lower than the $2,500 deductible I described for individual plans. And you just think to yourself, okay, well, that's it. Well, no, not really, because the deductible works differently under Part A. It works the same under Part B. And then there's a separate prescription drug benefits deductible, which is the maximum of $435. Now, this can be the source of confusion because what I'm going to do at this point as far as deductible is to discuss how Medigap and Medicare Advantage address this deductible, these three deductibles. Okay, so let's just say you're on Medicare Advantage. We'll start on Medicare Advantage first because these plans, which is known as Part C by some, it represents about a third of the Medicare market, 20 million, 20 million Medicare Advantage policy owners. Generally speaking, you have two deductibles, one which is the health deductible and one which is the prescription drug deductible. Now, under health deductible, under Medicare Advantage, this combines the Part A and Part B deductibles, okay? So that you don't have separated Part A and Part B deductibles. You'll find that in almost no instance is, the, is your Medicare Advantage deductible higher than original Medicare. I've never seen this, okay? In other words, can you find plans with $0 health deductible? The answer can be yes. This is notable, right, because for those persons who live on Social Security as their only source of retirement income, it's important to smooth out your cash flow planning right throughout the year. Well, obviously, those plans with $0 deductible are very helpful because of the fact that you don't have this $200, which is the Part B deductible. You don't have this one-time deductible right at the beginning of the year. Under Medigap, there are now no plans where the Part B deductible is covered, meaning that if you're a newcomer to Medicare for 2020, Medigap Plan C and Plan F are no longer available. So let's just work under that presumption for the moment, okay? So if you have a Medigap plan, then you are going to be subject, you are going to be responsible for the Part B deductible and that is $198. In most cases, the Part A deductible is completely paid. Okay, it's very important to understand this, that you don't have the Part A deductible because of the fact that your Medigap plan carry, covers it. For prescription drug benefits, let's take a look. 
So under Medicare Advantage plans, there is a separate drug deductible. Generally speaking, this deductible is much lower than the $435 maximum. In other words, the Medicare Advantage plan drug deductible is usually lower in the vast majority of cases. It can be all the way down to zero. That is possible. That is possible. Under standalone prescription plans, you can find that plans vary as far as the Part D deductible, which is, again, the maximum of $435 in 2020. You will find a wide variety of different deductibles. In other words, there are certain plans that charge the entire $435 deductible. That said, there are other plans where the deductible is notably reduced. Now, it the now the reality is that in order to find the most efficient plan, you're going to have to check by particular prescriptions. In most locations, you're talking about 30 plans, somewhere in the 30 plans per of prescription drug standalone plans in every state, in every location. So as a result, what ends up happening is that you have a complica- complicated soup, complicated soup with lots of ingredients, those ingredients being your prescriptions, obviously. And then not only that, the pharmacies you like to use. Okay, so you've got these other different moving parts in addition to your drug list and even a single different drug here, even one drug that differs can change the total cost to you notably. And it is very, very common for us to find $500, $1,000 and over that per year difference when I see Old plans, meaning that somebody has stayed on their plan for five years, and then they say, Jay, can you check this out? Yes, we can. We do do this for people. And then what ends up happening, what we find is that by staying on their old legacy plan, it has been very costly, $500 plus a year. And this makes practical sense, right? The world is so competitive. And each of the ingredients, each of the ingredients in this complicated soup change every single year. There's no getting around that. That is the inherent nature of Part D, as well as Medicare Advantage. Remember that they are annual contracts. That means that every detail changes every year. The second large component, the second topic of today's podcast is about the concept of network. And you can remember if let's go back to your individual plan let's go back to your group plan and especially in individual plans what you find are very very fragmented networks in other words carrier number one can have multiple hmos with multiple different networks so what ends up happening is even in the same location one very very challenging aspect to choosing an individual plan is the fact that you have got these networks and a particular specialist belongs into one of the networks and doesn't belong to the other networks, even at the same carrier. This happens because of the nature of the individual market. Now, under Medicare, a lot of the stigma, a lot of the negatives candidly largely fade away. And this is a very important aspect that I mentioned in the book. And so now what we'll do is we'll talk about the fact that Medigap and Medicare Advantage you know, treat networks or 
even though the treatment is the same, the, the way that they're handled and the result is very, very different. Under Medigap, there is no real concept of network. Right? There is a very important aspect. In other words, any healthcare provider that accepts the federal Medicare card accepts Medigap. Full stop. Okay, so this is a very important point, meaning that, and even billing offices make this mistake, which is what happens is, and we've had this, which is that the policy owner of Medigap takes their card to the billing office, the billing office misinterprets it as a Medicare Advantage plan and reports to the, to the innocent policy owner or patient in that instance and tells them, well, we don't take this card. That's just not true if it's Medigap. Any carrier. Now, some people who are new to Medicare may think to themselves, okay, well, what if they don't accept the Medicare card? The candid reality is this covers well over 90% of all healthcare providers in the United States. So as a result, the holes here, are there holes in the Medicare network? Yes, there can be. There can be. Um, you know, we've, we find this in certain locations or because particular healthcare providers are deciding to retire or on the brink of retiring. They don't want to deal with the administration of Medicare. Okay, but the overwhelming number of healthcare providers accept the original federal Medicare card. Under Medicare Advantage, you need to be careful, okay, because of the fact of the way the networks work. Now, let me first, before I go into it any deeper, people need to understand that if you had an individual plan, if you had a group plan by carrier number one, okay, and let's just say you had their HMO, the network of your individual plan's HMO is different than the Medicare network, even if it's at the same carrier, even if it's at the same carrier. So you do need to check, okay? That said, the practical reality, the practical reality is that the networks under Medicare are better than those, especially in the individual market. That's just common sense reality. And for if you put yourself in, in the shoes of the healthcare provider, 60 million consumers, 60 million possible patients, there's not a lot of cherry picking here of you know sub-networks in the individual market. They either accept the Medicare Advantage HMO, for example, and then if they accept the HMO, they almost certainly, I've never seen a particular doctor take only the Medicare Advantage HMO and not take the PPO. I'm not even sure that's possible, but the reality is I've never, ever seen it. So the stigma that you hear about networks or that you may have experienced the difficulties of network that you may have experienced in the individual market, less so in the group market, may not exist under Medicare Advantage. Let's continue about the network here because it's going to get a little tricky. So in addition to the idea that those the number of healthcare providers accepting Medicare Advantage networks, right, is better than the individual market, you still need to be careful. And you need to be careful because, for example, depending on your location, it is still the fact that networks can be fragmented. In other words, a particular clinic 
doesn't accept your Medi- a Medicare Advantage plan and the one across the street does. This varies by from location to location, okay? And in certain states, the quality of networks is exceptionally high for other for a certain set of reasons, and in another state, it can be very very fragmented. Florida, for example, a very very good example of a place where Medicare Advantage networks are very very fragmented, so you'll need to be very careful. Maximize your Medicare. The book it goes you know, a long distance to say, hey, look, you must understand network when you're dealing with Medicare Advantage. Now, even within Medicare Advantage, the definition of how the HMOs and PPOs actually works is or can be very different than your individual or group plan, which is, you know, the pre-Medicare world. So let's just first take HMOs. The traditional HMO is one where you need to have a referral from your primary care physician, your PCP. That becomes the quarterback, if you will, directing traffic to the specialists. Okay, For example, if you go to a um, durable medical equipment provider, it has to be a network. And in many cases, the Medicare Advantage plans will have a very specialized list of durable medical equipment providers. If you don't go to those providers in network in a traditional HMO, it can be the fact that you are fully responsible for all costs. Okay, that normally that an eight um, Medicare Advantage plan has a list. They have a list of you know, doctors' visits, whether that be primary care physician or specialist visit, X-ray for example. However, what you can have is that under a traditional HMO, if you go to an out-of-network provider, you're responsible for 100% of the cost. The important thing to know here is there is flexibility around this, okay, which is that certain HMOs do not require a referral from your primary care physician, right, which is quite unheard of in the individual market. You don't really have individual health insurance plans where you can go to your specialist without getting the referral. Under Medicare, that is possible under something called HMO-POS, point of service. Okay, so in other words, one thing, one complicating factor when people are transitioning from the individual market or trying to help your senior parent in the Medicare market is that the idea of network also, it looks the same. It doesn't exactly work the same. Let's continue on to PPOs within Medicare Medicare Advantage. So in the individual market, in the group market, what you have is the price difference, the premium difference between HMOs and PPOs is usually pretty wide. It's usually pretty wide. It can be 30% more. It can almost 30, 40% more expensive in the PPO market compared to the HMO market for the same carrier in your location can be found very easily. Okay, You can easily find those price differences. Under Medicare Advantage, this is not necessarily the case. 
Okay, and this is simply described by the fact that there's this amount of competition. Again, like I said, 30 plans of Med 30 Medicare Advantage plans can be found in many locations. In South Beach, you're talking about over 50 plans. Okay. So the world is that competitive, and can you find PPOs with $0 premium? The answer is yes. Can you find them with under $100 premium? The answer is yes. Okay, so again, what ends up happening is people think about PPO, okay, that's going to be massively more expensive than the HMO. Not necessarily the case. I'm going to wrap up with a third topic here, which is kind of like an interchange or a ripple effect of the things that I've described in the past here, which is the deductible on the network. So if you read the news, read with the current events, you'll see that there's a current movement to try to reduce surprise medical bills. And an example of when this happens is, let's say you go to the hospital and you need to go to a surgery, and in the pre-op, what happens is you have a blood exam. The blood exam gets you know, exported out to a lab that does the analysis, and that lab is out of network. So even though the hospital and the doctor may have been in network, the lab is out of network, and then you get charged the full cost of the lab analysis. Okay, so this is what's happening, and you can see it easily. For example, if you're going in for a surgery and the, the hospital and that doctor is in network, the anesthesiologist is out of network, and so you get the known bills of the hospital and the doctor, the surgeon perhaps, but then you have an unknown bill coming from the anesthesiologist. You can see that across the different configurations, if you can kind of connect the dots and see where I'm going here, that under Medicare Advantage and under Medigap, this is different. Under Medicare Advantage, under an HMO, right? This is still possible. This is still possible. Why? Because a particular anesthesiologist, a particular lab may be out of network. And yes, you would be subject potentially to 100% of the bill. The practical reality is, have we been addressing that or have we re-received lots of calls along these lines when under Medicare? No, we have not. No, we have not. But is it possible? The answer to that is yes. It is theoretically possible. Okay. Under PPO, the probability of this happening has been reduced. Right, and the simple reason is that, let's just say the same example, you've gone in for knee, knee replacement surgery, you at your hospital, and the known physician are to be known to be in network. Now, let's say your blood test goes to a lab. The lab is out of network. In the PPO's case, at least you will have a known fixed price based on the schedule, which is the out of network. And to give you an idea on how competitive the world has become, there are certain carriers that I've seen, depending on the location, wildly depending on the location, where the out-of-network and the in-network out-of-pocket maximums are the same, which is incredible because you can see that if you have large medical bills, that at least you know what your downside, that it is quantified, it is known. And it is especially comforting that the out-of-network 
out-of-pocket maximum can be equivalent to the in-network out-of-pocket maximum. So it goes back to the ideas of Maximize Your Medicare, right? Maximize Your Medicare is about analyzing the financial impact to lower your cost and increase your benefits for every dollar, right? This is not about the selection of your doctor. This is not about your keto diet, right? Those are healthcare matters. I'm talking about the financial ramifications in order to lower your costs and to make sure you get the benefits that the that you're entitled to under the program and given the private market of offerings that exist. Back to surprise medical bills. Under Medigap, this is just simply not an issue, right? Because remember, every healthcare provider that accepts the federal Medicare card will accept your Medigap plan as coverage. Therefore, under your example of the knee joint replacement surgery, right, the blood analysis in that instance is covered by your Medigap plan plus Medicare in full as long as you have met the Part B deductible. The concept of surprise medical bills simply doesn't exist. The only caveat I have there, the only caveat I have there is that the analysis must be approved by the original Medicare system. In other words, that it must be to be reasonable and medically necessary. But as long as it's that and you have a Medicare and you have a healthcare provider that accepts the federal Medicare card, they will accept the Medigap payment plus Medicare payment as full payment. You will not get a surprise medical bill. So that's it for today. Hope you found it useful. You can see how different that the individual and group health insurance plans prior to Medicare are different than Medicare. And the especially tricky thing is that the language may look the same. They use the same terminology. That terminology actually works different under Medicare. Be sure to go to the YouTube channel, Maximize Your Medicare. There's also a closed Facebook group, Maximize Your Medicare. You do need to apply for it. You'll be accepted, but it is a closed group. Finally, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks for listening. This has been the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Speak with you next time.